It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome into it. This is the VolQuest podcast. I'm Eric Kane, alongside Brent Hubbs, Austin Price, and Rob Lewis. As always, could not do this coverage without our friends over at Exterior Home Solutions. A lot of summer storms this past week. If you need any upgrade to your home, siding, roofing, decking, whatever the case may be, or just want to improve your home and expand and make it look all pretty, uh, give them a call today for a free estimate, 865-524-5888. You can always visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. Big week coming up. Tennessee picked up a, a big-time off the tackle commit on Monday. We'll discuss that later in the podcast. But fall camp, it starts today with media day. Practice number one is coming up tomorrow. So, Brent Hubs, it's here. It's uh, It's been a uh, workout running and conditioning season. And now, uh, here later in the week, they'll put on the pads and, and there'll be some football. Yeah, there absolutely will. And um, hats off to everybody who survived, you know, all the fans surviving this. It used to be that uh, May and June were this big dark period of um, just nothing going on and, and all that kind of stuff. And and now, obviously, with recruiting and baseball and everything else taking place, um, it, it's it's a lot easier to get through the, quote, dead period or the dark period because it doesn't exist anymore. But uh, for fans and for all of us out there, it's time to go play some football. It's time to see some things, see what guys look like, quit talking about how everybody's running hard and it's a, you know nobody's having a bad offseason. Let's go see what this team can do and see what questions they can get answers to here uh, during the month of August before they get ready to take on Virginia. It's fun. It's time to go. Bob Black, who is the longtime, you know, Fulton assistant, you know, he coached over there for 50 years in different sports, was the head coach in near everything. And there, you know, later in his career, I said, do you ever show up to the practice field and go, man, that tree used to be this small when I started. And now look <laughs> at it, it's like 200 feet tall. This is near 30 years. And I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. This is near 30 years here covering fall camp for you do you ever look around at some of the trees that are still there some have been cut down but like that are still there and go dang man when i first started doing this like it was like you know this and now look at that sure i mean it you know you think back you know when i was covering it they they had a 50 yard practice field for the offense maybe 60 joe could had joe a, would what would joe do there he'd be like this joe joe yeah joe would have thrown it and hit the um the substation across the road because of where the practice field was or if he were going the other way, he would have thrown it over the armory onto Johnny Major's drive um, that way because they didn't have enough practice room. He was certainly out throwing that field. Throwing darts. Um, they, you know, defensively, they, they had about a 45-yard practice field. They had no room. They had a big sand pit. Sand, and, and I, sand pit. I think, I think the biggest difference is, you know, we talk about access all the time. I mean, Josh Heupel, I mean, where, where it's at now is kind of what it is. But – just remember the grind of two-a-days as a media guy. You go there twice a day, and they're at the baseball field. And you're walking around the warning track, and it's about 167 degrees, Rob Lewis. I mean, it's steaming off there. There's fist fights every day, it seems like. Um, you know, there were full pads in the morning and bruises and, and more contact in the afternoon. But, um, you know, it's become a lot more specialized. There's a lot more training. There's a lot more nutrition. There's a lot more care for your body. Um, it's a lot more scientific than it was 30 years ago. Oh, that's spe- sure. I, I was speaking of the scientific part, th- you know, think about the nutritionist and, you know, every single kid over there has a plan, you know, for you know how they're hydrated and how many calories they need to have after practice. There used to be just like the local guy that owned the smoothie King would come over there with like a truckload of smoothies. 
<laughs> every day after practicing. Bring kids extra just, in the media and get some. That was great. <laughs> well, the kids would just grab them on the you know walking from the baseball field back up to the complex. You know now they're getting GPS and you know measuring all their bio bio rhythms. That's a small thing, but it's funny. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's a lot more scientific and it's a lot more efficient. You know, and I think the result of that is you have guys who can hold up better throughout the season. Now, I know the old school guys are, you know, football's not played the way it used to be played and all that. And it has changed a good bit. But from a practice standpoint, I think there's a lot more um, there, there's a lot more safety approach with, with continuing to get all of your work done. So, yeah, it's vastly different, but um, it's it's fun. It's time to go. We'll go see what it looks like. I think this would be a great time to go ahead and mention right now, if you're listening to us, watching us on YouTube, go ahead and like that video and get in front of more Tennessee fans. But, hey, right now, got an incredible camp promo deal going on over at VolQuest.com. You can join us over at VolQuest.com. Exclusive content, better than anybody else in the market. $1 for one month or 25% off the first year of an annual subscription. Uh, first little bit of fall camp. We want to get that promo out to you guys right now. So if you're not with us, Now's the best time. Football is officially here, and there will be games right around the corner, and we'll have it all at VolQuest.com. Let's go ahead and start. I mean, a lot of this is just resetting. We've been talking about this for the last eight, you know, seven, eight months. But let's reset kind of going into fall camp. Austin, what are the strengths of this football team? We'll get to questions in a moment and how this differs from maybe Josh Hobble's first year or second year, but some strengths you can feel good about heading into fall camp for this Tennessee football team. I think they're senior heavy. You know, uh, now there are some players that, in theory, could be back next year, or in the case of Bryce and Eason, two years from now, if if they wanted to. Now, um, I'm not sure kids want to stay six years if they if they can avoid it. Um, but I, I think the fact that they've got some veteran, um, it's kind of veteran led. I think that helps this team quite a bit. Uh, I, I love where they're at at receiver. I love where they're at at running back. Um, you know, I think they're fine at tight end as far as if they as, as long as everybody can stay healthy. That's a big if. Um, you know, I, I still worry about their secondary. Um, you know, I, I feel like they're in a pretty good spot at linebacker. I, I love their young pieces. They love their young pieces. And, and I think Peely and, and Aaron Beasley are two guys that, you know, will lead. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things to like about this team. But there are some question marks, a couple of holes on the offensive line and the back end of that secondary. It's something I still, uh, still kind of got to see to believe. Rob Lewis, what do you think the strengths are of this football team? You know, we talk so much about Joe Milton, the quarterback position and everything, and it's kind of weird that you call that a strength because, again, he's he's you know unproven here at Tennessee, but would you consider the quarterback position a strength, at least compared to what it was two years ago? Yeah, yeah relative to, to you know that kind of unknown, I, I think for certain. And, you know, Joe's – Got you know it's it's not a huge body of work, but we've you know fans have seen him, and I think more importantly they've seen you know, tangible improvement from you know when he kind you know kind of sort of won the starters job in, in 2021 to what you saw last year. And, and again, he wasn't in a lot of high pressure situations, but he was at the end of the year. I mean, that was you know the Vanderbilt game ended up being a blowout, but if you guys remember the week leading up to that game, you know after the South Carolina game, you know all. the all the noise around the program and Vanderbilt just beat Florida and somebody else yeah, as well. I mean, that, that was not, that, that there was a lot of uncertainty that week. And, you know, that was a high, that was a high pressure situation that, you know, Joe performed well in and certainly, you know, the orange bowl. Yeah. I, I think, I think really sort of gave you a glimpse of, of how far he has come 
in two years of the program. So I would call quarterback a strength. I mean, it's not, you know, not the strength that it probably was last year after what it had done, but compared to what it can be some years, I would, I would definitely call it that. And Brent, I think for, in order for Joe Milton to certainly be a strength of this football team, uh, more so than just kind of knowing what you have in him right now, he's going to have to rely on that offensive line. That's got some question, of course, a running game top to bottom, no Superman, but you know, I think one of the better rooms probably top to bottom in the sec. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest strength for this team, if you're not going specific position, position is you got the two most important components to this team know how to run this offense at the pace they want to run it at. And so you're not trying to bring a young quarterback up to speed with, with the pace of play. It's one thing to practice it fast. It's another thing and you know, with all the emotions of playing a game to play it fast. Joe's played it fast. He's played it fast in games. And we obviously know what Cooper Mays can do. So I think that is a strength that you're not going through this learning curve of a new quarterback or a new center who's trying to get this thing going to the tempo they want, which obviously is something that plays in, into their hands and, and is a big, and not the sole part, but is a large part of what they do offensively to make them successful. The run game I like. I like the tailbacks. Uh, but, but, again, you've got to answer the question, you know, a couple of questions on the offensive line. Um, what does Campbell do at tackle? We'll, we'll see. Uh, love him at center. I think Spragans is, is fine at guard. I think he's solid. The other guard spot, we'll see. And, and the other tackle spot, we, you know, we'll see exactly what that looks like. But you're taking two tackles into the right tackle position, three if you count Dane Davis, who have all started SEC games. So that counts. The other thing, too, about this offensive line, and I'm not downplaying anything Glenn Ellerby does or, or what this line, you know, what this group of guys do. They don't have to be the most physically dominant guys based on the scheme because they spread people out so much. They've got to create gaps and create seams, which I think is something that you can do without Austin being just this tremendous Trey Smith road grader. Not to say he wouldn't have thrived in the system because he would have, but you don't have to have four or five guys that play and maul like that for this offense to be successful. Yeah, and – I mean, for me, I'm interested to see what they are on short yardage. Two years ago, not so great. Last year, they were really, really good. I mean, borderline just dominant in, in short yardage. Um, you know, what is this offensive line? What's this run game look like in short yardage situations when, you know, they're going tempo and they've got to pick up a third and one or, or whatever? You know, how, what do they look like? And I think it's important to remember, too, is while, you know, Rob says, you know, Joe's a, Joe's a you know, a strength, and, and I don't disagree, like – what do they have behind him? What do they have behind Cooper May? So, like, you're an injury or two away from being like, whoa, what, you know, this is really different, right? So, like, I mean, deep in certain areas. Other areas, though, I would argue super thin and, like, got to keep everybody healthy. Like, I think, Hubs, you joked with me in fall camp or about fall camp, like, wrapping Cooper May in bubble wrap. And, I mean, like, I don't disagree. I mean, like, the one guy they can't afford to lose besides Joe, would be Cooper. I mean, like, makes it all go. Yeah, I agree. I think the other thing, too, is we live in a world and day and age of college football where nobody's going to be ultimately deep, okay? I mean, look, Georgia's got quarterbacks, okay? They've got multiple quarterbacks. They don't have any experience, but you think they have talent, multiple quarterbacks. Is it, who's Jaden Daniels back up at LSU, right? I mean, you've got uh, lots of places. The day and age of having three deep across the board, you know, those guys, the, the talented ones aren't staying. If they're not playing, they're moving on. 
And so I think everybody has some of those things. But Austin, your point is exactly right. In a couple of key areas, center being the biggest key for me, that's a real concern. They have to find a backup center this fall. Now, he's not going to be Cooper Mays, but they've got to find somebody that they feel comfortable with being a center if called upon or has to be called upon in critical situations on a, in a football game. Carvin wasn't Cooper Mays, but he was just steady Eddie. And when, mm-hmm. when Cooper went down two years ago, Jerome moved over. And, and Tennessee wasn't as fast with, with the tempo, but there there wasn't any hiccups in, in, in terms of, you know, you know, getting lined up, you know, just your, your, your normal stuff. And he was physically well enough. He was physically good enough to play yeah. too. I mean, that, that's the thing. Their backup right now has no experience. So you don't know how physically they handle. Uh, Eric, I'll ask you this question when it comes to the short yardage stuff. Tennessee was vastly improved, as Austin mentioned, from year one to year two. The Hendon Hooker element to that, I think, was a big part of why they were improved in that short yardage situation to sort of help the offensive line as well. What does that run game look like with the quarterback in short yardage? Because everybody had to account for Hendon Hooker. How much does everybody want to or defensively feel like they have to account for Joe Milton as a mobile quarterback? That's something we won't know until they get into games. Yeah, that's something we won't know until we see it kind of evolve, you know, game one, game two, game three. I mean, Joe Milton running the football is certainly not going to be Hendon Hooker, but Joe can run the football. And really all it takes is to get on film once or twice and on third and short, fourth and short, they go out of shotgun. I mean, the defenses will be respecting Joe Milton for sure and his ability uh, to keep it and that that read option and, and go or whatever the case is, maybe a power, and try to pick up a couple yards. So I think just getting it on tape a couple of times, which I believe he can do early on, will keep defenses honest in that respect. Um, you also can't go offset eye with, with Princeton fan, or at least you don't have the ability to right now. Maybe they'll do something at some point this season, but Princeton fan is gone. Um Who's going to be your bigger back? Is it just going to be who's out there? Um, could you could you find out a role maybe for Cam Selden or somebody else down the line? You know, we'll see. But I don't think we're going to find those answers out in fall camp, of course. Uh, you move over to the defense side of the football, then we'll kind of shift gears and talk a little bit weaknesses. I know we've already talked about that. But, uh, Rob, I think Austin mentioned this earlier, but at linebacker for the first time uh, in the Josh Heibel regime, you're, you're, you're deep at linebacker. And you feel like you could rotate five, maybe six guys in there and be okay. Whereas you've always rotated guys up front. And of course, you, you've got tons of experience in the back end that need to take a step. But in that middle layer where you're you're playing run and pass, you feel good about the depth options there and a nice blend of veteran of veterans and, and newcomers. Yeah, I mean, and you, know, you mentioned the difference in 2021. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, two years ago that we would sit in here you know, feeling about Aaron Beasley? The way that the way that you feel about him, you know, as a linebacker, somebody who's really proven that he can play at a high level in the SEC. I mean, I never would have thought that, you know. And and Keenan Peely, he, he's got to be a hit. I mean, he's got to be a plug and play guy for for you know all that depth talk to to be accurate. But I mean, you, you would it, all of the signs point to him being that. I mean, he's played a ton of football. He was a freshman back in 2016, you know, before going <laughs> on a, on, a, on, a, on his mission. I mean, so maturity is is not an issue. Um, you know, he was a team captain at BYU, and it, Elijah Herring, um, you know, Perry got got their feet wet last year, and you know, I think everybody thinks that Arian Carter is going to be somebody that maybe you know pushes to at least you know get get a niche role like like Herring had last year as a freshman. 
niche, a niche role. Austin Price three weeks ago called him the leading tackler on the football team. That was his prediction going into the season, right? Yeah. Right, AP? You're as bad as some of the GQ that here. <laughs> what the hot here, take? He said mark it down. That here, that here, here, A, A, here, A, B, C, and then regurgitate A, J, M. Like, I love to watch his blood pressure rise. It's almost um, as fun as y'all watching mine rise. <laughs> well, you know, I, I – I'm interested to kind of see where Elijah Herring is. Everybody I've talked to says he's had a phenomenal off season. You know, Healy, you know, he he wasn't who he was two years ago when he was coming off the ACL this past year at BYU. Now everybody says it takes that second year. I mean, look at Ronald Acuna with the Braves, you know, last year kind of, and then back to his old self this year. Um, Is he back to his, his old self, you know, um, at the linebacker spot, you know, this year. I, I, it's something I think you have to pay attention to. Rob, your kids, one just graduated high school. The other, you know, graduated what year, Rob? When did Dylan graduate? Uh, COVID year, 2020. 2020. Now think about that, okay? Dylan, Dylan's, you know, an upperclassman at UT. Keenan Peely played his freshman year of college when Dylan was like a freshman in high school. I mean, like this kid is so old, he can rent a car now. That's official. And, uh, you know, when anytime that happens, you know, you've got a, a veteran guy, of course, we all talk about him being married, but and I, he's loving this area, man, loving going fishing. He, he's loving everything about this. And I think we'll just be a true pros pro for this team. Again, I love the veteran part of this, this whole team. I think that it really helps some of the unknowns um, you know, heading into this year. Yeah, to put to put Peely in perspective for me, my, my son just graduated from basic training last week. He was eleven when Keenan Peely went to BYU to play football. <laughs> That's even better. I mean, so there you go. I mean the the guy the guy's an old man for sure. But he's got to hit as Rob said, if they do there then the old Haywood Harris adage could play into ten- could play right into Tennessee's hands defensively. As he always said, you got to be able to run to dive play and you got to be able to stop the dive play, which means you better be able to protect the middle of the football field in the run game with Amari Thomas, what they have in the inside with Eason and those guys. If Peely and, and those linebackers can play the way we think, this team has a chance to be salty against the run again, which would certainly help this defense continue to take the steps like they took a step from year one to year two. Eric. I should have the secondary grows. Yeah. A, our, our AP was still playing corn fairy tour courses. When, when Peely was <laughs> I'm curious on Peely to see kind of where he is in, in pass coverage. I mean, linebackers aren't, you know, meant to be, you know, covering the number one wide out and man to man here, but you, know, you got to take your drops and you got to get deep and to help your secondary out. And, you know, year two off that ACL, you know, what's that kind of look like, you know, covering number three receivers coming across the middle in the SEC? Um, the, the, the one thing I'll say, he played in a league that's pretty wide open, okay? Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't – no offense to the Big Ten folks, but he, he didn't come out of a, a league where he played but just but in the box only at linebacker. At BYU, you had to play some in space because a lot of those teams were running the spread, a lot of zone reads, and a lot of – you know, quick stuff across the middle, that type of thing. So at least he's seen it. Maybe not mm-hmm. with this kind of athlete, Eric, but but I do think there's some knowledge there that maybe a guy coming out of a different conference would not have the same knowledge. We got plenty more to preview here for fall camp as media day starts today here on a Tuesday. Practice number one 
That is coming up on Wednesday, and then it's off and running for Tennessee football. Uh, but before we get into all that, I want to I want to take a moment here to recognize a proud sponsor of the show. That is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a sculpted look. And the shorts, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. Why? Well, because uh, those regular shorts are made with stiff, restricting cotton. But Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you can get away with the slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. Bird Dogs also uses an anti-stink sweats fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Doesn't matter what the occasion is. You can go to a meeting, a lunch meeting, you can go on a date with the wife, the girlfriend, go to church, uh, you know, go get dinner with some of the guys. Whatever the case is, the shorts, the slacks, versatility, they'll make you look good and you will feel good in whatever occasion uh, is out there. So uh, what I encourage you to do right now is go to birddogs.com slash VQ and enter that promo code VQ for a free bird dogs tech hat. All right, we're switching it up. We had such a great, uh, you know, campaign here with the, with the Yeti style uh, tumblers. They're now switching up to bird dogs tech hat. All right, you're going to get a free one if you enter the promo code VQ. That's birddogs.com slash VQ, or just simply put in the promo code VQ for a free bird dog style hat. You're not going to want to take off your bird dogs, I promise you that. And before we move on, a quick word from our proud sponsors, Exterior Home Solutions. Nominate a family that you think is deserving of an exterior home makeover. A gift from your friends at Exterior Home Solutions. All right, so fall camp's beginning today with Media Day, practice number one and two and three on throughout the rest of the week. Um, you know, we're, we're not, I guess the question is, everybody wants to know, well, like, what did you see? What did you learn in all this? But do we expect to really learn anything, Austin Price, this week at fall camp? No, it's uh, T-shirts and shorts out there, run routes on air. You'll learn nothing about the linemen. Um, I, I think, you know, you can kind of get a feel for what a guy – you know, who who wasn't here, you know, in the spring, like Khalifa Keith, what's he look like just out there running around? I mean, he's a bigger back, um, you know, all accounts. Cam Silton's had a huge, huge summer, especially, you know, um, picking things up mentally, um, you know, after spring practice. And, you know, again, I, I think the biggest thing you'll start to learn is, you know, you know, just kind of, you know, the, the feel of this team. Most of the, the intel you're going to get, though, is going to be, you know, talking to people who are at practice, so on and so forth. We're out there for such a short amount of time. It's uh, it's a nice glimpse early on, but uh, after about two weeks, hubs, it's like, okay, let's get to the Virginia game. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I think the thing that you, you, you see, too, this week is it's just the eyeball test of some guys, right? Like, I mean, we've seen a good number of guys this summer, but I haven't seen everybody, okay? So I, I don't know what some of these guys look like. How are they different physically? Um, you know, than they were in spring practice, you know, so just kind of getting the eyes on some people, you know, I think is, is something that you look at this week. And um, the other thing you, you can, you should be able to tell, and it shouldn't be that with all the NCAA stuff that they allow now, Rob, th there shouldn't be a lot of chaos in terms of guys not knowing where to be or where to go. You know, those back in the old days, we'll, we'll go back to my 30 year old days when a bunch of new guys came in, you know, there were there were guys. It, it looked like a, it looked like downtown Atlanta at rush hour with guys going all different directions, bumping into each other. But you know, th this team should have, with all they can do now, should have a great feel of how everything runs, and and should be advanced in what they know. But but we'll find that out for sure as well. well think, what what didn't it? Wasn't it two full days of just freshmen? 
back in you know back in back in the day. I mean, just yeah. you know, and maybe even two a days with him. I mean, just to get well, back. Yeah, it was two full days of two a days with freshmen only, and they did offense in the morning, defense in the afternoon. Um, one day, and then the next day was defense in the morning, and offense in the afternoon. Now the quarterbacks didn't go to defense. So like Peyton Manning, he just stayed on offense. They didn't ask him to go over and play safety or or anything else. But all these other guys, all the offensive linemen, you know, went to to defense. And more importantly, all the defensive linemen who thought they were going to be defensive linemen went to offense and got a real quick evaluation by the coaching staff. I mean, I think Spencer Riley lasted no time. I mean, like, it was one of those deals, second freshman to a day, everybody's like, yeah, he's going to offense. And Spencer had hopes of playing defense, but it's like, no, he's an offensive lineman. Same thing with Fred Weary and Cozy Coleman. Uh, and, and those guys. And when we talk about what do you learn in practice, um, I, rem- I will remember this vividly in 94. That was my first year covering them every day. So I'm gun-ho. I go to practice, and uh, I'm, I'm watching everything. And there's this lanky kid from New Orleans. And Peyton didn't throw a spiral for two, day- two or three days. Like, everything was like quack, quack. I mean, nothing was a tight spiral. spiral. You know, Brandon Stewart's out there slinging it around everywhere, and you're looking at Peyton and Peyton Small a little, and you're like, what, this guy's just about his name only? What's the deal? Obviously, he was a very good player, but the footballs weren't broken. There were newer footballs, and he he didn't like them, and he had a hard time with them. And I I don't think he threw a spiral through the first two or three days of practice till. Um, he, he kind of got everything broken in and got going that way. But I, I remember that vividly in 94 going, I'm not sure about this Manning guy. And um, he, he turned out to be okay. Jason Witt, another, another one of those guys that wanted to play on the defensive line, right? Yeah, he did. Uh, he lasted a little I mean, he lasted a little longer before they moved him to offense. Um, you know, he wasn't like of the first day. And, and, and Jason was a guy that you, you looked at when you watched him, you thought he could play defense. You didn't have any – you didn't have concern. Like, some of those guys you looked at went, he's a guard, Austin. He's an offensive guard. That's the best he's ever going to be. Jason was the guy who could have played defense, mm-hmm. but but he was going to be a – they needed him on offense, and long-term, he, it obviously worked out to his advantage, even though he didn't like it at the time. There are players on this team that I would tell you their best position is to switch sides of the ball. There's going to be some of them that don't want to do it, that don't that fight it. But, like, I'll never understand that. Like, if you can make legit money moving sides of the ball, like, you do it. Like, I mean, look at Khalil McKenzie. If he had started on the offensive line and stayed on the offensive line, where's he at right now? I would maintain that, you know, he's starting in the NFL somewhere or definitely on a roster. I mean, he's still on NFL rosters, but, like, I think his development would have been different is all I'm saying. You know, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I just feel like sometimes kids get hung up on, well, this is a sexier position. But, like, if your long-term play to get paid is going somewhere else, you, you've got to think big picture. Coach Fulmer and everybody thought big picture with Jason Witten. Jason Witten would have played on defense, would have been fine on defense. He's going to the Hall of Fame at tight end. And there are other instances like that across football period, not just at Tennessee. So it's, you know, sometimes, you know, kids get kind of hung up on, you know, the, the small things. You can't see the forest through the tr- for the trees, right? And, you know, that, that's kind of my soapbox moment for the day. 
So Austin, real quick, I mean, bringing it to, because nowadays kids kids will just leave with the transfer portal, right? Yeah. But you've got Jeremiah Hurd and Trevor Duncan, guys who have great potential on both sides of the ball, though will start out on one side of the ball. Duncan will start out as a defensive lineman in fall camp. But there's, you know, I, what, what was kind of the message to them about, well, hey, we think you can play off the tackle one day. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, there's been enough talk there. I mean, like Hurd is like very open-minded about things. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not, you know, like he talks about, it, just he wants to play, get on the field. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care. Now Trevor's more a little more defensive line oriented, right? Um, Nathan Robinson, same thing. And, and those guys are going to start there, like, and you know, and we'll it'll be on them to play well enough to stay there and and get on the field. So, you know, you look at Tennessee defensively in the middle. I mean, both those guys can end up helping sooner rather than later because Tennessee's not super deep on the interior of the of you know the defensive line. I'm not sure they're playing this year, but a, ne- a year from now, you know, if you lose Omari Thomas and Bryson Eason says, okay, four years, five years is enough, and Elijah Simmons, same thing, you know, those guys all of a sudden right there are pushing in the rotation and in the interior part of the defensive line. So, you know, again, like I always joke with Amari Thomas, he's the best offensive tackle on this football team. He knows that. He'll tell you, if, if you walk up to Amari Thomas and say, what's Austin Price call you? He'll tell everybody. Austin says I'm the best offensive tackle on the team. Now, Amari Thomas has made himself into a really good defensive tackle, but I still maintain had he played offensive tackle the whole way, we're talking first-round pick because I think that's what he is. But that's my opinion, right, which it doesn't matter to anything because I'm no talent evaluator. But I've seen enough and talked to enough people to, to know Omari Thomas is built like offensive tackles are meant to be built. Um, well, and, 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 and so like my point though is, is like big O big O's going to play in the NFL. Like he, he, he's a good player. I still think his best position is always a tackle, but again, that's my opinion. Doesn't mean anything. Well, and here's the difference too, when you talk about some of those guys, you know, one of the reasons Jason Witten could go to the other side of the ball is Tennessee had numbers at defensive end. Amari Thomas was never going to get a look because Tennessee needed defensive tackles. That's right. Same, same for McKenzie. I go back to a guy who played several years in the NFL who came in as a running back, Dominic Stevenson. And Dominic Stevenson fumbled the football some in fall camp. No doubt about that, okay? But that was those things were curable. But he was – he looked at it and said, well, I'm not going to play running back. I'll be more than happy to move to defense because they've got – Travis Stevens, Travis Henry, and Jamal Lewis. Where am I going to play at running back? So sometimes those moves are easier to make because of the depth you have, and sometimes those moves can't be made yeah. because you don't have any depth. And, and and that's that's the challenges right now as you continue to build your program. And it's a continual challenge to me because you can't stockpile depth. It's harder to stockpile depth, as you mentioned, because of the one-time transfer portal. It's hard to do. It's hard for a guy to be patient, wait, you know, or see the big picture because somebody's telling him, hey, if you go over here, you're going to start or you're going to play at this position you want to play if you go to school X. And that's all a part of roster management that coaches are dealing with every day. And not that it would ever happen this late in your career, especially for a star player like Amari Thomas, but definitely not moving now. You only have five defensive Mm -hmm. tackles kind of in that rotation right now. Um, a, a final strength that uh, we'll kind of wrap up this conversation, but a final strength I want to highlight, Rob, going into fall camp, and it's kind of unique to say this because you lost your punter, you lost your kicker, but I think Tennessee can be, I think that could be a strength, the kicking game for Tennessee. Uh, Jackson Ross can absolutely boom it. And then you've got Charles Campbell, who is 
played a whole lot of football in Power 5 level, and he's made lengthy field goals in his past. I think that could be a strength for Tennessee heading into the season. Yeah, I mean, Ross has got to prove it, but it's, I mean, it's, it's not like he's a typical freshman. I know, you know, Britt wrote this and we talked about it on, on the previews. I mean, he played professional, you know, Australian rules football, which, you know, may not be like going into the swamp and kicking, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a high pressure, you know, deal with a lot of, a lot of media attention, big crowds. So that's, that's not like a kid just walking in from high school and, you know, you, you know taking, taking that job. And as you mentioned, you know, coming from Indiana, uh, Campbell has has played at this level. He's been in, you know, been in the big house. He's been in Columbus, Ohio, played against high level teams. So that's you know, that, that's a pretty good situation. I and mean, yeah, you are breaking in some some new faces for guys who you know, man have been here. You know, I know Chase McGrath was just a transfer, but you know, he he was here for for seemed like a lot longer than two years. And man, yeah. Paxton Brooks here forever. So. You know, new faces, but it, it's again, it's not like you're breaking in a couple of 18 year old kids who, who have never been in anything approaching this situation before. So I, I think that's a good observation, Kane. And, and then you know, you look at the return game, which should be, you know, once again pretty pretty dangerous with D and what he showed last year. I was going to say, Austin D Williams is your punt returner, and then your kick returner. You've got a lot of options. You got to find somebody, but you know, D Williams is going to be your punt returner. I'm going to give the inside edge to Cam Selden to return kicks. Now again, okay. he'll have to win that in fall camp, which means he's going to have to perform well when when they when they practice those things. Um, but I think that, that that's an opportunity to get the ball in his hands without having to put him in the game on offense. Um, and and you know, I think Rob's right. I mean. You know, Jackson Ross has got to prove it, you know, but the fact that, you know, he's 22, 23 years old, heads back to the dorm room to have a nice glass of Merlot because um, the Australian does like his wine. Um, you know, I, I think that, that that helps him because he's mature. Like he's – I don't think – I don't think he's going to look around in the swamp and be rattled. Now, he may feel pr- other kinds of pressure, but I don't think that the the moment is going to cause him to to get rattled like it would maybe an eighteen year old or nineteen year old. No outback, though, right, Brent? No, no. I, I'll say I'll say this too about special teams and through two years. Um, there's a culture in that group with, with the whole special teams. Michael Eckler uh, has created that. They're not afraid to put young people out there. Uh, and turn them loose. I mean, you think two years ago, Christian Charles blocks a punt against Pittsburgh in his second career game. They've got a bunch of freshmen out on the field. They don't just play a bunch of starters. Uh, I mean, listen, I don't know that Josh Heupel got any praise or credit for the fact that he's in Baton Rouge and he throws D. Williams out there for his fir- first punt return. Like, hey, go, go on out there and catch that thing. I mean, like, that. There's a lot of coaches that are like, we just want to have the ball at the end of the play, right? But th- they had belief in him to be able to field it and go make a play. And, and I think they've been offensive on special teams with young players. I think the culture in that group is, is really good. Um, that, that's why I think this is going to consistently be a, a pretty good special teams unit each and every year because of the way they approach special teams um, and, and kind of the buy-in they get from all those young players. Young players want to play. Right, those guys want to get on the field. Some Caleb Perry, those, Jordan Thomas, they were great last year. Yeah, those who buy in use that to get to the field faster. And we've heard other players talk about how special teams. Tamarian McDonald helped him get to the field. I think that continues to create the culture you want in the kicking game, Austin. That that picture right there 
that's what Rob looks like when they run out of that Dunkin' Donuts coffee at Neyland Stadium. <laughs> like that, that's exa- exactly what, it, what what happens. Either that, or it's right after he drinks the Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Either one. <laughs> hey, last thing, uh, and then we'll we'll get a uh, we'll get Austin to comment on uh, a big time commits on uh, Monday. But uh, Brent, injury wise, that's another thing. Uh, first day of fall camp, you want to see who passes the look test. The newcomers, what do they look like? Also. Who's in red jerseys? Who's off to the side? Anybody going to be slowed up? And we'll learn more tomorrow and, and the next day, of course. But anybody going to be slowed up entering fall camp? Well, I, we'll see. I mean, I, you know, I think they've been precautionary with some guys with some tender hamstrings and, you know, just some things to make sure, you know, uh, that the last week and a half, two weeks, just to make sure they get to where they need. I mean, strength coaches are always pushing that line as far as they can, but you don't want them to go over. We saw – it hampered Jalen Wright, you know, last fall camp. Um, I, I don't hear, I've not heard of anybody like that, Austin, at this point that, that's dealing with that. But that's, that's something they're mindful of, particularly the back half of the month of July. I would look for Dylan Sampson to be limited going into fall camp. A minor deal. Um, I, he'll be out there during individual stuff. But as far as when I go team and stuff, I would look for him to be a little, a little slowed, at least the first, you know, few practices, and then he'll be fine. I, again, minor, minor, minor. Super minor deal. And again, you will see maintenance days for guys in in, in, in fall camp, and there'll be guys and in bubble, red and, and bubble wrap for Cooper Mays. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Corvin of, had a couple of maintenance days last year. That's going to be Cooper big, Mays. What are those big balls that they get in? They can like you just run and bounce off each other. That that should be Cooper Mays' practice deal. He should crawl into one of those and, and practice in that thing every day. Can't take right. a chance there. Last thing we want to hit on here on this edition of the uh, VolQuest podcast, Tennessee, big-time commit on Monday. It was about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Four-star offensive tackle Bennett Warren, AP, a guy that's like Tennessee ever since he came on his official visits. Uh, Michigan, very, very close in this one, but Tennessee gets a really nice prospect at offensive tackle, a position of need. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, Tennessee needed, you know, to start building the offensive tackle depth on this team. Bennett Warren uh, provides just that. Um, Tennessee did a really nice job on the OB in June. He fell in love. He's been he he's been all ball since then. Now it it's taken a little bit of time to get to the to the point of you know pulling the trigger here at the end of July as we now reach the first day of August. But you know at the same time Bennett you know has been you know super pro Tennessee and uh, just a huge get um, for Glenn Ellerby, huge get for Josh Heupel, and again just to build depth. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, he's 6'8", 330 pounds, and, and you know, carries the 330 really, really well. Um, not a, not a you know, sloppy-looking kid. He's a really good-looking prospect. And, again, no one walks in the door just ready to play as a freshman. But, you know, how, how quickly can he get himself, you know, into the mix? I think that's one of the big things we'll be watching uh, once he arrives. And AP, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Brent, I mean, this this one's big, obviously, because he's a good player. He's a top 300 player, all that type of stuff. But, I mean, he, he's your fifth offensive lineman in the class, but really he's your first tackle. I mean, there's some guys who can play tackle, but he's your first tackle. And so I feel like this is big in a number of areas, huge for Glenn Ellerby. No, no doubt. And, and again, Austin mentioned it. I mean, is he a guy who's going to step right in and play right away? Probably not. Most people don't at that position. At some point, though, Tennessee's got to recruit well enough, Austin, at that position that they're not that they're not in portal, you know, in the portal every year throwing whatever nil that they can at somebody to, to land to land a must need instant plug and play tackle. You want to get to where you've got enough depth that that 
you know, you don't have to rely solely on the portal at that position. Like it feels like they've kind of had to with, with Mincy and now Campbell. And obviously they took a flyer on JJ Crawford when they first got here and he's turned out to be okay, but you got to get enough depth where you're not solely reliant on the transfer portal at offensive tackle. Well, and it'd be nice if some of the kids they've brought in the last couple of years, um, you know, developed into guys that can help you. You know, I, I'll continue to say, like, I mean, Addison Nichols, probably the most uh, ready of any of those kids. Um, you know, but we'll see. I mean, what what kind of development do we see out of Sham Umarov, you know, this year? Can he can he develop himself into, you know, someone who can be a force at tackle a year from now? Um, kind of what happens, you know, on that, you know, on the offensive line going forward? I think you need a couple of those guys to take a step you know, even if you're not counting on them to play a bunch of snaps this fall, you need them to take a step as guys that, okay, we've got an injury, this guy's going in, and we don't feel like there's a dramatic fall off. Yeah, and a guy that you can look at and say in 24, we think we we think he is a plug-and-play guy in 24. We've got a year to get him ready. We we believe that, that he's going to be able to step right in and play in one of these vacated positions they're going to have on the offensive line after the 24 season. That's the big that's the that's the storyline for this fall that has nothing to do with this season unless you have a rash of injuries. If you stay healthy, you don't have to have those guys, but you have to know who can help you right away because that's going to dictate a lot of what you do portal wise come December and January. Plenty of stuff happening right now going on right now over at VolQuest.com and you can join the site right now with an incredible deal. It's a camp promo $1 for one month or 20, 25% off your first year of an annual subscription. It's not going to be here long, so go ahead and take advantage of it right now with fall camp starting. Media day today, practice number one is tomorrow. Scrimmage is right around the corner, and then September the 2nd, it's going to be here before you know it. No better place to stay in tune with Tennessee football and recruiting than over at VolQuest.com. Go ahead and like and subscribe uh, to the uh, VolQuest uh, YouTube channel right now. Like this video out there, get in front of more people. And a big thank you, as always, to our friends over at Exterior Home Solutions for a free estimate. Give them a call today at 865-524-5888 or visit them online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. For Brent Hubs, Austin Price, and Rob Lewis, I'm Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for being here. This has been the Tuesday VolQuest Podcast. You've been listening to the VolQuest Podcast every week here on VolQuest.